Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. to kind of move us into this next portion of our service. Um, and But before we do, I kind of need to tell you a funny story. So here, here's the thing. So 12 years ago, okay, 12 years ago, that's a dozen years ago, um, me and my wife, well, we weren't married at the time, but me and who became my wife, Farrah, we were at the University of Florida uh, leading worship for FCA down at the University of Florida. And one day we get this guest speaker who comes through uh, by the name of James Price. James Price comes through. And I... He, he delivered a, a wonderful message about the Lion King. You remember that? I remember that. He showed the Lion King movie. I don't even know what happened. It was a good time. But anyway, so, um, so he comes through, and uh, when the whole service is over, he finds me in fair, and he goes, hey, hey, I heard you guys are from Jacksonville. And he was all excited and tall and lanky. You know what I mean? He's like, I heard you're from Jacksonville. I said, yeah, we're from Jacksonville. And he goes, man, you're crazy. I said, thanks, I think. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but whatever, cool. And he goes, man, you would love my church back in Jacksonville, Celebration Church. And I said, uh, I mean, okay. And he goes, come hang out with me this weekend. I said, all right, I can do that. And so lo and behold, that Sunday weekend, I happened to go home and I went to Celebration Church and the rest is history. He suckered me in and he got me. And so the reason that I am here, part of a big part of my testimony is Pastor James Price. So with that being said, why don't y'all stand to your feet and welcome today's amazing, amazing preacher, oh, Pastor James Price. You can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. Unfortunately, that story is a true story about Petey Bingham and myself. I did. He was on stage jumping around, and I was just like, dude, are you, are you always like this? And he liked music, and so I was like, you need to come check out my church. And then, you know, I'm looking, and then he's the Grinch, and I'm watching the Grinch from up there, and I was like, oh, man, I was responsible for this, man, huh? But I love you, Petey. I, I thank you. I thank you. Hey, um, could you help me welcome in our campuses and people watching online? We thank you for, for watching online. Listen, come on. Our camp online, thank you. Keep clapping. Look, St. John's, Pastor Bob Neal, my man, Tony Perez. That's my man. O.P., Ian Combs. I can't hear you, O.P. Ian Combs, Robert Bass, Willie Wells, Kevin Crowley, and the people sitting in this room. Again, give yourselves a hand clap. Yes. One more hand clap. Listen, you hear people come up here and say it, and it's an honor to be here. On behalf of my senior pastor, Pastor Stovall and, and Carrie Weems, and you do, you hear people coming up here. But listen, for me, it's personal. This guy didn't know me from Adam, took a chance on me, and uh, he was the one that came up to me, man. Hey, James, hey, James man, I believe you got to get the preaching t-shirt gospel, man. I was like, me? It's like, yeah, man, you just go, oh, come on, man, you just. I was like, all right. And then ever since, so I just, I, I just love them. Pastor Kerry, I love them, man. Just great people. And they're over in Africa right now. I just found out they're doing all kind of ministry, man. All kind, just in a good way, crazy stuff, in a good way, in a good way, good way. And it is, as, as Pastor Petey was saying, it is July 1st, which means there are Christmas trees up in Walmart. If you go by there, Walmart got the Christmas trees up already. July 1st, already. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They said, at least can we get through July 4th, James? And then they'll put the, the Christmas trees up. But anyway, um, if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis uh, chapter 32. Genesis uh, chapter 32. And uh, this message I'm going to preach to you, a lot of times, you know, we'll go to search the scriptures and we'll start preaching stuff. But what I do is God deals with me about things. Like for some reason, people think pastors like I'll be at places and people are like, oh, you're a pastor. I was like, I don't tell people I'm a pastor. I'll say, people go, hello, brother, minister, father. And I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Okay? And they think like we pay cheaper gas prices. Pastor Wayne, do you pay cheaper gas prices? Pastor, uh, I mean, do you guys pay cheaper? Yeah, yeah. You don't? Pastor Drew, you don't pay cheaper gas prices? Like, you know, we're special. But we, we love the Lord. And, and, and so God deals with me about things that he wants me to speak. And he, this is what he tells me. I know you went through it. You figured out how to get through it. Now I want you to tell the people the way I showed you. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. And so if you have, yeah, praise God. So if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 32. And 
you know, when people find your pastor, they start asking these types of questions. Like, hey, God is doing something in my life and I'm trying to figure out what he's doing and I, I don't understand and I've been wrestling with this thing all night long and, you know, for the, or wrestling with it for the past two months or a year or two years or four years and I just think he, uh, what's he doing? I don't understand. Can you help me? And I'm, I'm just like, what? I, I don't know. Can you help me to understand God? And I've come to the conclusion. I was like, you want me to help you understand God? You ready to understand God? Take out a piece of paper and a pencil. You ready? You ready to understand God? To understand God, explain to me how there's an orange circle in the blue sky and underneath it, there's a black cow who eats green grass and delivers you white milk. Does that help? I can't. I can't understand it. So here's what I do. I just enjoy my Apple Jacks, man. That's all I can do is just enjoy my Apple Jacks. But people will ask me, you know, what's going on? What's happening? And for some of us, God, we're wrestling, we're going through something, and boom, a God immediately, he immediately fixes it. But for most of us, we've got to wrestle with that thing. We've got to, we've got to figure it out. God, what are you doing? God, when are you going to bring my kids back to know who you are? God, what's going on with this job situation? God, I can't figure out what's happening with my marriage. God, my finances, I've been working this thing. I'm trying to dive. I'm trying to balance. God, what's going on? I'm trying to sell a house. I'm trying to buy a house. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. I mean, I've been there. You can't figure it out. And then what you do is what, what we're all taught to do. You start quoting scripture. Mm, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that God has for me, says the Lord, and they are plans of good. Amen. And then you, <laughs> and then you, get, in, and then you get in and you start doing Zechariah 4. Ooh, don't despise in the small beginnings because the Lord rejoices in the beginnings being started. And then you go back to Joshua 1, 9. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord God is with me wherever I go. And you always finish this off with Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-mm-mm. And you know what happens immediately after that? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing. Nothing. And then you start like, God, are you, are you really there? Are you, you really there? And your belief starts getting shaken. And your faith is, I don't know. Your faith and your belief. Your belief and your faith. James, what are you talking about? See, belief is, it's like this. If I told you, St. John's campus, or, or John Ten Creek campus, that I can ride a bicycle across State Road 13 or Orange Park. I can ride across Kingsley Avenue in a bicycle or arena. I can go across 295 on a bicycle at five o'clock in the afternoon with traffic blindfolded, ride across back and forth five or six times without getting hit. And you watch me. You're like, well, I believe it. You know what faith is? Get on the handlebars with me. See, because now you got well, to put your life into it. You got to put your life into it. Because we all have it, because Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says, you know, the Lord, a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. See, we're cool with planning away, because that's us. Now, somebody else has got to direct our steps, and we got to, we have to wrestle with that. And I've wrestled, man. I've, re- listen, I've wrestled with God. When we first started the church, you know, wrestling with God, when we first started the church, I was on a setup and breakdown team. Not man, I helped set it up, and I helped clean up. And I would go in the bathroom and wrestle. After the service was over, everyone was gone. I would go in the bathroom and I would wrestle with God. God, why can't the people use the paper towels and take them out, wash their hands and put them in the garbage can? Not around the garbage can. Not on the floor. God, why can't the people put the toilet paper in the toilet, not laying around the toilet? God, why can't people just flush the toilet? And I would wrestle. I would wrestle with that. I would wrestle with that. And then I would be in the parking ministry. And there was always a few people, not many, a few people that would come in there like it was the Indy 500 and just drive all crazy like they were the only ones going to Celebration Church. And I just look at them like, hey, bro, you, ain't, you don't see what's around? Just follow what the parking people say. Just follow them. It's hot. Sometimes it's rainy. Just follow them. Or when I was an usher and then I became a head usher, one thing I would wrestle with is, God, why don't the people move all the way down, leaving three seats here, two seats here, and another two here, so the family that's six or seven, we can't see them because they don't want to move. To- I used to wrestle with that every single Sunday. 
Now watch. God never answered one of those prayers. He didn't answer one. Because here's what I figured out. He was teaching me how to be patient with his people. He was teaching me how to love his people in spite of them. He was teaching me how to serve the people because what I didn't know is that God knew is that when I was wrestling with him, he was like, James, you don't understand this. One day you will. You're going to be a pastor of one of the most influential churches in the United States, and I need you to be able to serve the people and have patience with the people because you're going to do this for a lifetime. See, I didn't understand when I was wrestling. I didn't understand. But you, we all wrestle. Now watch this. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 28. Now this is Jacob. Now Jacob is deceiver. Let me set this up. He's a deceiver. He, he, he deceived his father into giving him, Jacob, his brother's birthright. In other words, the inheritance came to Jacob and not his brother Esau, which it should have went to. So he, he uh, deceived his, his father. He stole from his brother. Then when he went to get married, he thought he was getting one wife and he didn't get her. And so he had to work seven more years to get another wife. And so he got two wives, two wives. That's a whole nother message that we don't have time for. Okay, <laughs> two. And now he's in the desert and his brother is coming to kill him. He's coming to kill him and his family. He's coming to kill him all. And this is where we have Jacob, Genesis 32, 24 through 28. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But the angel of the Lord said, I, or God said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Or Jacob said that. He said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. Listen, the title of this message, and I need your help, is called The Blessing is in the Wrestling. And every time I say the blessing is in the, you've got to repeat wrestling, okay? So the, to help me. So the blessing is in the... Oh, you're better than the first service. The blessing is in the. The blessing is in the. Don't you ever forget that. We're going to come to this. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for what you put on my heart to share with your people. I thank you that I will continue to decrease. You and your word will increase, Father. I thank you that this word would pierce someone's heart, God, and people would realize that it's bigger than just them. And there are family members and neighbors and coworkers and other people, God, that are in our sphere of influence, God, that you want to do something through us so that we can do for them, Lord Jesus. I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. And I want to say amen. Amen. Thank you, Ericus. Now let's go here. Watch this. Then Jacob was left alone. He's left alone. Now, there's nothing wrong with being left alone because there's times I need to be alone. If you ever come to my office at Midtown, I'm alone. I'm away from everybody because guess who the guy, the loudmouth crazy guy is? So I've got to get away from everybody. So I need to be left alone. And there's nothing wrong with being left alone. But Jacob here is left alone with some issues. He's got some things that are bothering him. He has some things that are stressing him out. And he is left alone. And it doesn't say it in the word, but I, I know how I work. When I'm stressing and I'm left alone, things are getting in my head. And it's always worse than it really is. And it usually happens before I go to bed or when I wake up in the morning. And it just gets crazy. And then the enemy has a way of coming in and trying to poke his finger and, and, and sending us accusations of who we really are. That's what he does. Jacob is alone. And so when I was researching this, it hit me. I was on an airplane myself and, and, and Pastor Drew King and, uh, and Pastor Stovall, we're on an airplane coming back from Baltimore. And uh, Pastor Stovall said to myself and, and Pastor Drew, he said, he said, James, Drew, let me tell you something. People think that God and Satan are at war. I mean, Pastor Drew, yeah, I mean, isn't that Christianity 101, isn't it? He said, no, 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 James, listen. He said, God and Satan are not at war. 
Satan and us are at war over the principles of God. And I was like, oh, oh, watch, 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 watch. For some of you don't understand it, watch this. The very first chapter, or the second chapter in the Bible, the very beginning of the Bible, God said Adam and Eve can eat from all of the trees except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Principle, here comes the enemy. Hey, 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 did, did, God, did, God, really, did God really say that you can't eat from any of these trees? Really? Because as soon as you eat from it, he's gonna, you're going to be like him. See, the, the principle, it's not God, and it's us and Satan. Watch this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Principle, come Satan. You sure you got enough money to tithe? Does the church just want your money? Do you realize the bills that you have? Do you realize you can't afford to, to, to tithe? Do you realize that, that what is the church really doing with the money? You see, principle, Peter, Peter, Jesus comes to Peter. Peter, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Peter, ah, oh, Jesus, man, you don't get it, bro. We've been fishing there all night long. I'm a professional fisherman. No, 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 I got this. I got this. He ends up throwing them on the other side of the boat, and he ends up getting blessed more than he ever thought or imagined. But the principle that God has for us, the enemy wants to battle with us. Everyone. Watch this one. It's, it's every, every branch that grows fruit will get pruned for more, more fruit to be produced. Pruning, cutting. It may hurt the enemy. God doesn't love you. God is mad at you. God is out to hurt you. God doesn't want you. God knows that you can't come to the house of the Lord because you're a heathen, because you're this. You don't do this. You should be doing it. You should. That's what he does. That's what he does. Jacob is alone. Matthew 18, 20, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's why Celebration Church does groups. That's why we do serving teams. That's why we come down here to the altar together because there's something spiritual and powerful when we come together in the name of Jesus Christ. But the enemy will do this. Don't you tell nobody. You better not say anything. You better not because they're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're weird. And I didn't even use it in the first service. A side note, you trust a God that you can't see. People already think you're crazy. So let's get past that one, all right? All right? But that's what the enemy does. Jacob is by himself, and he's dealing with all this stuff. And I'm sure the enemy is telling him, hey, Jacob, you're a deceiver. You're a liar. You stole from your brother. You're a weak husband. You have two wives. You can't take care of either one of them. And your family's in trouble, and your brother's coming to kill. Let me change it to you. You're struggling with this marriage. You're struggling with your finances. You're struggling with your health. You know this job. You're not going to get it. You can't sell that house. You won't buy that house. Your credit is crazy. It'll always be the same. See, he waits till we get by ourselves and he starts throwing out accusations at us that we won't live up to. That's what he starts doing. He starts throwing accusations at us. And let me tell you something, church. I need to tell you this. Isn't it amazing how the enemy knows our names and screams at us our issues. But our sovereign God knows our issues and will gently call us by our name. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God good? Because I'm here to tell you, church, I'm here to tell you, you and me, we are gonna wrestle with someone or something. It's gonna happen. For some of you, you've got a wrestling match at two o'clock this afternoon. For some of you, it's two o'clock tomorrow. But it's a wrestling match. You're gonna have to wrestle. Watch this. Here's my first point. The first thing the enemy wants to do when we're wrestling with God, he wants our identity. He wants our identity. He wants us to, he, he does not want us to know who we are and he does not want us to know whose we are. You've got to understand this. This is key because, you know, I see the news and it's like, oh, we have a problem with identity theft. Identity theft, the problem is not with the Chinese or the Russians or a 17-year-old kid sitting in Silicon Valley with five computers around them accessing your information. No, Satan has been stealing people's identity for years, for years since the beginning of time. Oh, you don't think so? Since the beginning of time. Sarah, Abraham, angels come and visit them. You're going to have a baby. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're 90 years old. You can't have a baby. You're too old. You can't have a baby. You're not going to have a baby. You're not going to have a baby. So what does he do? Goes out with the maid term. You're not going to have a baby. 
You're not going to have a baby. See, the enemy was coming in, letting him know, you're not going to. God said it, you're not going to. You're not going to. Moses, you're not going into Pharaoh's office. You're a stutterer. You're a stutterer and you're a murderer. You're not going into Pharaoh's office. You're not doing it. Gideon, you have 300 soldiers and you think you're going to beat up 132,000 Midianites? No, Gideon, you're not. You're not going to do it. See, we've got to, when we're wrestling with that, the enemy comes in and he tries to put stuff on us. He tries to get us to understand, oh, he's trying to get us to not understand who we are in Christ. Oh, we just scratching the surface. Watch this. This is in uh, John chapter 8, verses 14, um, verses 44. It says, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. So when you're wrestling and you feel like, God, are you mad? At me? No, that's the enemy. He's a liar. When, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now watch this. This is the definition of identity theft. I thought this was interesting. It occurs when someone accesses the victim's personal information and then uses it against them for his or her gain. And I just started putting stuff in. Look, it occurs when someone, Satan, accesses the victim's personal information, us, and then uses it against them for his or her gain. And let me tell you something. What Satan tries to do is he tries to access the video in our head and say, remember you. Remember when, remember you, remember when, remember you, remember when. And so when we come to Jesus, he's like, you can't go to Jesus with the stuff that you've been doing. You can't go to Jesus with, with what you did yesterday, last night, last week, last month, last year. You can't go to Jesus. We do altar calls. Sometimes I'll see people who, who won't want to come because Satan got them gripped like, no, you, no, you can't. People may figure, no, no, no. But praise God for Psalms chapter 103, verse 12. It says, when we come to Jesus, he's removed our sin as far as the east is to the west. Church, I didn't understand that verse. I didn't understand that verse until I started watching a weather channel. The great theologian, Jim Cantori, on the weather channel. What are you talking about, James? I'm just sitting there watching it. And he has a map of the, or a globe of the world. And here we have the Caribbean, and the wind is coming off the Caribbean, and it's going to make this northwest, northwesterly flow, and it's going to come up over here over Florida, and it's going to come over here, and then over here we have this vortex coming down here from the South Pole, and it's coming down, and it's going to go over Canada, and it's going to hit the Mid-Atlantic states, and then they're going to come together, and it's going, and then he goes, and then see, because here on the North Pole there's a pole right here, and that's where the North Pole is, and down here there's a pole down here, that's where the South Pole. And I was like, I got it. When he said North Pole, it's a pole. It stops. Right there, no more, no less. It stops. The south, it's a pull. It stops right there, no more, no less. That scripture says as far as the east is to the west. That means it keeps going and going and going. So when we come down here, God's forgiveness keeps going. His peace keeps going. His love, his patience, his kindness, it just keeps on going. It keeps going and going and it doesn't stop. So when you come down here and you come to this altar, the enemy may tell you, you can't come down to this altar with all the stuff you've done. You just remind the enemy, it's not about me, it's about God's son. When the enemy tells you, you can't come down to this altar, you're just a youth. You tell the enemy, I'm going down here to hear God's truth. When the enemy says, you cannot come down here to the altar because people will see, you say, I hope it's Jesus Christ that they see in me. When the enemy says, if you go to the altar, it's not going to change a thing. Remind them you're the bride of Christ. You're just getting your engagement ring. And when the enemy says you're a slave to sin, that's the realization. You let them know today it changes in a church called celebration. I'm telling you, church, the blessing is in the wrestling. The blessing is in the... I said the blessing is in the... I said the blessing is in the... Don't you ever forget it. Ever. Praise God. Now watch this. In Genesis 32, 24, a man wrestled with him until the break of day. Wrestling, old-fashioned wrestling. How many wrestling fans in here? Wrestling. Some places they call it wrestling. Wrestling, wrestling, I don't know. But watch this. My favorite wrestler of 
all time. No, somebody said Jimmy Superfly. No, no. Ron, do we have a picture of him? That's my favorite. The under. Pastor Drew, we still in church? Pastor Drew, is, is we still in church? The Undertaker. And when he used to come out and they used to play that music, when I was preparing for this message, I almost went to our tech people and like, is there any way we can do that music? Dong, and turn all the lights off. And then I'll just walk up with a hat, you know. But he was my favorite. I love The Undertaker, man. Love The Undertaker, old school wrestling. But then as I was preparing this message, God reminded me of, of something. He really did. This wrestler here. For you old school, how many old school people remember this guy? Ken Patera. Yeah, he was old school. That's when I was a kid, Ken Patera. See, the thing I liked about Ken Patera was he was a weightlifter. He was a weightlifter. He was real strong. He was a weightlifter, okay? Some of you are like, James, what does this have to do with church? <laughs> Ken was the one that coined a move called the full Nelson. He was at Ken Patera, the full Nelson. And he'd get someone in a full Nelson, and he said, all I need the people to do is to try to squirm out of it and get impatient. And when they would squirm out of it and get impatient, then the match was over. Ken Patera, the full Nelson. Some of you still don't understand what I'm talking about. But I got two volunteers to come up here. Can I have my volunteers, please? They're getting ready to wrestle it out right here. Ready? No. I'm just heading <laughs> out, Stephen. Stephen. Now watch. To explain to you the full Nelson, you've got to see how it works. Stephen here just as a regular wrestler. This would be Ken Patera. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, this is Ken Patera. <laughs> Put him in a full Nelson. Now watch. Now here's what Ken said. Ken said when the person would try to put their arms out and wiggle up, try to get up, then he would tighten the grip. And most people would try to lift their arms up and try to slide out. When they lifted their arms up, Ken would grab them, grab them. And sometimes when he would get real good, he would swing them around. Just swing. No, 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 not now. Not now, Tyler. Not now. Not now. Not now. I'm sorry, Stephen. He didn't do this. I know. I know. We didn't do that first service. But that's what, but that's what he would do. Now watch. At ease. At ease. At ease. So stay here. Stay here. There was another wrestler. There was another wrestler that was going to fight Ken for the, uh, the WWF championship. A guy from my hometown. Can we put him up? He's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His name's Bruno Sammartino. Bruno, yes. Now watch. This is what Bruno said. Bruno said, when I'm, I've been working so hard on the way of escape that when Ken applies the full Nelson to me, when he thinks the match is over, it just began. Now watch. So here's what he did. Put him in a full Nelson again. When everybody else was trying to get out like this, Bruno went into the weight room and started working on his, 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 his is it flies, Stephen? His, 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 his flies. And so when he was working, it's, I don't know what the muscle, but it's called a fly exercise, isn't it? That's fine. Okay, all right. And so he starts working on it. So when he gets in a ring with Ken and Ken puts him in a full Nelson, this is how Bruno gets out of it. And he gets out of it that way and he wins the WWF championship. Thank you. Give him a hand clap. Give him a hand clap. These two. These two. Yeah. James, what does that have to do with anything? Look here. Some of us have been in a spiritual full Nelson for so long, we concentrate on the full Nelson and never think about the way of escape. When we're wrestling and we're battling, we're thinking that the, that the, the battle is over when it just begun. Some of us have been so into our issues of what, what's going on, and I get it and I understand that we forget that God is out there to help us, not to hurt us. Jacob is in a spiritual Full Nelson, he deceived his father. He stole from his brother. His brother's coming to kill him. His brother's coming to kill him. He's, a, he's, he's, he's thinking, look, I've got two families. I'm not even doing right as a husband. He's in a spiritual full Nelson, a spiritual full Nelson. 
My finances, my marriage, my health, my job. What's going to happen? I don't get it. I don't understand. We're concentrating on the spiritual full Nelson. When Bruno concentrated on the way of escape. And he said, as soon as, let me change it this way. As soon as the enemy came at him, he didn't understand that I was equipped with something that was going to get me out. And when he started, he didn't know that the war was already over before it even started. Before it even started. See, because when we do something major for God, Satan is going to come in and try to put us in a spiritual full Nelson where we'll tap out. That's what he wants to do. Some of you who are, are, are wrestling with things right now, when I started this message and it's going through your head, the things that you're wrestling with, all of us are wrestling with different things at different times, all of us. If you're not wrestling, be prepared. You're getting ready to go into one. Okay? And he wants us to focus on that spiritual full Nelson. But my second point, impartation from the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and strength to wrestle. Gives us wisdom and strength to wrestle. We all will wrestle with God. All of us. And the point that I'm trying to make is it's not a bad thing. Jesus wrestled with God. James, what are you talking about Jesus wrestled with God? He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He knows what's coming. The crucifixion is coming. And it's so, it's, it's so amazing. It's like he's, he's sweating drops of blood. Full Nelson. And he says, God, my father, if it, please, can you pass this cup? Full Nelson. But the next sentence, but not at your will, but not, not, not at my will, but your will. In other words, this is tough and I've got to do this, but at your will. Because here's the thing. It's bigger than me and you. It's going to affect different people in your life. It's going to affect people that you don't even know that it's going to affect. Do you really think, and I didn't even say this in the first service. I wasn't wrestling with God, but God deals with me about inviting people to church. You really think I thought Pastor Petey Bingham was going to come here and end up a pastor at our church? And so God will tell me, I need you to minister to people. I need you to pray for this person. I need you to talk to this person. I'm like, uh-uh, not me, uh-uh, not me. Oh, I got a quick story. I didn't say this in the first service. I'm in Publix, man. Publix. I'm in Publix all the time. And I'm, 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 I'm getting some uh, salmon. And, the, and, and uh, uh, um, Derek Newman comes walking by. Hey, Pastor James. I was like, yo, what's up, Derek? How you doing? And the people were like, you're a, you're, you're a pastor? I was like, Yeah. Why? What's up? Well, why didn't you tell us? Well, because you didn't ask me. Okay? And so I'm, I'm, I'm praying for, watch this, watch this. Because church, you got to understand, when you're wrestling, it's not just for you. It's for somebody out in the world. I pray for Derek right there. After I pray for him, he walks off, and I'm standing there looking at the guy making my, my salmon, and two people are standing on the side, for, and I'm looking at him. they're like, hey, uh, I don't even know who they are. Uh, could you pray for me? I was like, sure, come on. Because here's what I learned, man. I'm not shy about my stuff. The world's not shy. I'm not shy. I pray for him right there. Just pray for him. Pray for him right there. See, because I used to wrestle when God said, pray for somebody. Uh-uh. And after I prayed for them, two more people came. And I prayed for them. My only problem was I should have asked them to pay for my fish. But that's a whole nother message. That's a whole nother message. But Jesus is wrestling with God at the Garden of Gethsemane. But he, he realized this is bigger than just me. And there was a, I was watching Passionate of Christ, and I wanna play a video, but, but there was a scene in there where Jesus is getting whipped and everything like that, and Satan is walking through the crowd with, the, with his baby and everything. And basically what Satan is saying is like, look at you, man, wrestling with your father, getting beat by people who used to love you. Jewish people, your people, used to love you, and now you're getting whipped by them. And he has a, a baby in, a, 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 in his hand in Satan, and he's like, because this is how I do my son. Look how your father does you. And see, when we are wrestling, that's the way it feels. Because Noah, Noah had to build an ark. Do you realize Noah was building an ark, and it never rained before in the history of the world? It never rained. Things would get um, uh, mist in rivers, would, would, would go into the plants and everything. It's never rained. So I'm sure when God is, or when Noah's wrestling with God, it's like, you want me to do what for what? 
and his neighbors are making fun of him and his family is looking at him like, dude, what are you talking about? An ark. And I can hear Satan coming like, why he's building. Hey, Noah, yeah, an ark. When it's never rained before. Yeah, where's your God now, Noah? Huh, where is he? Where is he? Joseph, Joseph, you're supposed to be a leader. You had dreams where your, where your um, stocks uh, were, were taller than everyone and everyone's stock bowed down to yours. Now you're in jail between 13 and 19 years for something that you didn't do. Oh yeah, where's your God, huh? Where? Where? Moses, you're supposed to be this leader. 40 years in the desert. I'm sure at year 25, 27, 29, 30, 35, 38, Satan showed up to him and was like, yeah, a leader. You're here, 40 years. Where's your God? Where? Jesus, dying on the cross, being beaten. And the people who came in one day saying, Hosanna, now they want you dead. Where's your father? But I'm here to tell you, church, that's not where the story ends, amen? That's not where it ends. Because Noah, Noah built an ark and had his whole family saved. Noah wrestled with God and the blessing was in the? I said the blessing was in the? Joseph wrestled with his father in prison, ends up being the vice president of Egypt, a Jewish dude, the vice president of Egypt because he wrestled with God and he realized the blessing was in the? Moses ends up taking a people that have been enslaved for 400 years, takes them out of slavery because he wrestled with God and he realized that the blessing was in them. Jesus went to the cross and tasted death so none of us had to. And he realized the wrestling with his father, he realized the blessing was in the. And some of you here today, you're gonna leave here and you're gonna deal with that spouse. You're gonna deal with that financial situation. You're gonna wrestle with God about at your job. You're gonna wrestle with God about your neighbor. You're gonna wrestle with God about the financial situation. You're gonna wrestle with God about the health issue. And you're gonna realize that when you come out of it, you're gonna say, God, I thank you because the blessing was in the. I said the blessing was in the. I said the blessing was in the. Give God a hand clap, come on. Now watch, Genesis chapter 32, 25 and 26. Now when he saw he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. The third point, it's obvious, the blessing is in the wrestling. And watch this church, you've gotta understand because some of you are at the beginning of a wrestling match and I don't know how long it's gonna take. I will say this though, when you stay with God, it will be exceedingly and abundantly better than you can ever ask or imagine. How do you know, James? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. I leave high school, I go play college basketball. I go play basketball. First thing they tell me is, James, you gotta go lift weights. I was like, come on, man, really? I mean, I was like six foot five, 170 pounds soaking wet. Soak and wet, okay? So you're like, man, you gotta get in the weight room. I was like, man, I'm not going in the weight room, man. I'm working on my gang. Come on, I'm a baller, I'm a baller, I'm a baller. I'm not doing, I'm not in the weight room, no, no. And the coach said, if you wanna play, you gotta get in the weight room. So five days a week, I had to go in the weight room. Oh, not at 12 noon, that would've been too easy. Not at five in the evening, oh no, not at nine o'clock at night, uh-uh. 5 a.m. in the morning, in the weight room. Under the bench, on the bench at the bar. And I hated it. (laughs) Hated it. With every being in my body, hated it. Hated it, hated it, hated it. (laughs) Did I tell you how much I hated it? (laughs) Now watch this. So I get home after nine months of being in school and lifting weights. I get home and I see a friend of mine, Rocky. Rocky starts my see him and he looks at me. And when he first looks at me, this is what he does. And I was like, what? Zipper? What? what, What's going on, man? What's going on? He was like, dude, dude, you're getting buff, man. You're getting getting jacked. I was like, really? Then my other friends came. Friends Wilkes and and Kurt and all them, Iron, they all came there like Myron. They were like, hey, man, man, you're getting beefed. I was like, really? And then we played our first game. 
came down, they threw it out, caught an alley-oop and dunked it. They stopped. They were like, <laughs> looking at me. Now watch, listen to me. I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize it when I was wrestling. I didn't even realize it. I was just doing what I had to do. Okay? Watch. From that, I go to graduate school. I get a master's degree. I work at a job in Syracuse. I end up getting a job at the University of North Florida. Before I went to the University of North Florida, I get a card that comes to my house. It says, come to this church that was across the street from where I lived. That church was Celebration Church of Jacksonville. I'm telling you, I did not know that being under that bar at five in the morning when I was 17, 18 years old was gonna land me on this stage at one of the, the, the greatest churches in America, if you ask me. I did not know that, watch it. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because some of you in here are wrestling and you're like, I hear what you're saying, but how long is it going to be? How long is it going to take? I don't know the answer. Here's what I know. If you don't give up on God, if you don't tap out, he's going to do something that's exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever ask or imagine. I'm telling you, I'm living proof. I'm living proof. I had no idea. I had no idea. No idea. Now watch this, Jacob, Jacob, well, let me read this to you. James chapter 12, verse four says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, wrestling, could be a trial, could be just wrestling, because you know that the testing of your faith or the longer you wrestle produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. See, Jacob wrestled. And when he was wrestling with God, God touched his hip socket of his hip. And I was in a, me, I was talking to a good friend, my main man, Pastor John Phillips. That's my man. I was like, you know, why the hip? He was like, James, if the, <laughs> if the scriptures don't say it, then there's nothing there. I was like, I get you. But here's what I believe. This is, this is, this is, this is what I was reading. I was like, oh, I understand this because now I put James in this. See, he touched his hip. See, Jacob, the deceiver, what he would do is when it got thick, he would run. See, he deceived his brother. He's running. He deceived his father. He's running. He's running. And God touched his hip, the, the, the socket of his hip, and he started limping, man. He couldn't run no more. And I just look at it spiritually like God telling Jacob, oh, Jacob, you tried to do it your way for the longest time. Now you're going to do it my way. I'm going to touch that hip where you can't run anymore. No more. And so Jacob got his hip, and he's, and he's, and he's limping. He's limping. He's limping. He wrestled with God. God touches hip, and he's limping. So when his brother Esau sees him, who wants to kill him, who's mad because he took his inheritance, his brother Esau looks at him, and here's what he's looking at like. That looks like the deceiver, but he's walking differently. He's, he's, he's walking differently. I wonder why he's walking differently. See, because some of you are going to wrestle with God, and tomorrow you're going to be limping to work. See, you don't see the limp. I didn't see the, the bulkiness. Other people saw it, and he was, he's limp. Some of you are going to leave out of here today, and you're going to be limping into work tomorrow, and people are going to look at you, and they're like, you're different. You're different. Oh, thank you, God. Some of you are going to show up at the bank because you've been trying to get that loan or whatever it is for the longest time. And you're like, God, I still continue to need help doing this thing. And all of a sudden, the bank is going to be like, okay. Some of you have been dealing with a spouse. And it's like, man, this thing is not working the way I want it to work. I'm telling you, you're going to limp home to that spouse that you've been trying to bring to church. And he's going to look at you or she's going to look at you. You're different. That child that hasn't been coming back to church and you've been begging them, they're going to see how you've been limping and how God has blessed you through the limp and they're going to see it and they're going to come back. I'm telling you, the limping is the blessing is in the, that's where the blessing is. And God touched him and he wasn't the deceiver anymore. He was not the deceiver anymore. And here's my last point, my last point. And he said, let me go for day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, 
what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. My fourth point, enormous blessing started with repentance. See, God went up to him and was like, what? I'll let you, I'm, I gotta go. Jacob's like, no, but you gotta, you gotta bless me. It's like, okay, what's your name? Tell me your name. Just tell me your name. Oh, well, come on, man, come on. You know, I, you don't, no, 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 no. Tell me your name. I just wanna know your name. Who are you really? Who are you really? What is that thing you're going through that you don't wanna talk to me about? I just want to know. What is that struggle that you're going through? I just want to know. I want you to be able to come down to the altar and just tell me, who are you? And Jacob looks at him, he's like, man, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. And God says, no longer are you Jacob. You now are Israel because you wrestled with God and man and you prevailed. I'm telling you, there are some of you in here that you're wrestling and your breakthrough is coming as soon as you go to God and say, God, I'm sorry. This is what it is. I'm sorry. Here I am. Here I am. An enormous blessing is going to flow through that repentance. I'm not talking about a heaven or hell thing. I'm talking about something you've done or something you're struggling with or, or something that's going on and you're like, God, this is what it is. This is what it is. Enormous blessing started with repentance. Now watch this. Here's my points. First thing the enemy wants is our identity. Protection, Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and strength to wrestle. The blessing is in the wrestling. An enormous blessing started when he repented. Fight, F-I-T-E. That's the way I spell it when I'm getting ready to get into a battle with someone or something. Not F-I-G-H-T, F-I-T-E. Fight. That's what Timothy said. Fight the good fight of faith. And when you leave here, I don't want you to forget this. Because you're going to get into a situation where you're going to be like, oh, here we go again. God, why are you going? It's to strengthen you. To strengthen you. Let me finish by telling you this story. I've read this about business, in, and I think it was either Akron or Toledo, Ohio. I just know it was in Ohio. So the CEO, he's the head of this company, and he comes in on January 1st, and he says, you know, I'm retiring as the CEO. I need you to listen to me because some of you will understand this. I'm retiring as CEO, and because I'm retiring as CEO, I have 10 vice presidents here, and one of them may be the next CEO. So he brings the whole company in, and he introduces them. And he says, but here's what I'm going to do. We're going to come back here on December 31st, but I'm going to give you this envelope. And there's some seeds in here. I'm going to give you a pot, and I'm going to give you some um, potting soil. And who can, whoever can cultivate the best plant may be our next CEO. So he gives it to him, and these guys all leave. So there's this one guy named Chris. So he got his plants and he's, and he's putting it in and, he, and he's working it and he's cultivating and he's working it. And so it's like the three or fourth uh, month um, period, first quarter. So the CEO's like, hey, I want everybody, all the vice presidents in front of the, the company to bring in their plants. So guys are bringing in their plants. Some guys got plants coming out this side, this big, that big, you know, different plants. And they're looking at them. And Chris has nothing. He's like, wow, he has nothing. And the CEO's looking, he's like, okay, okay, okay. And he leaves, everyone leaves. And Chris goes back and he's like, God, I don't, I don't get it. I prayed to you and you told me, God, that I was going to be a, a leader at this company. You told me that I was going to be influential, God, but I don't get it. I'm trying to get these plants. It's not working, God. I can't figure it out. I'm wrestling back and forth with you. I can't figure it out. Six months period comes. CEO, hey, man, let's see everybody's plants. People are coming in plants, holding them like this now. People are looking at them, that's an oak tree. Wow, that's a sycamore. Wow, that's a pine tree. That's a, that's a palm tree. Wow, that's great. That is great. Rubber tree. Wow, that's great. Chris over there with nothing. And the CEO's like, Chris, what do you got? Okay. Chris is like, man, God, what's going on? What's going on? When December 31st comes up, and the CEO brings all the vice presidents up on stage in front of the whole company. And he's looking, 
And he's like, wow, what do we have here? Guy got an oak tree and a sycamore tree and a rubber tree and palm tree and pine tree. And Chris has nothing. And he's embarrassed. And he's saying to himself, man, God, I wrestled and you told me. And the CEO goes, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know that I just put some regular old seeds in this envelope. I don't know how they got a palm tree, a sycamore tree, a pine tree, and a rubber tree. I don't know how they got any of that. But I want to introduce you to our new CEO, Chris. Chris is our new CEO because we can trust him. So congratulations, Chris. Took him a whole year, but he got the desire of his heart. That story's for somebody in here. Here's what I'm gonna do now. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you that the blessing is in a wrestling. I thank you, God, that we can come to you. I thank you, Father, that you hear us. And there are times that we think you don't hear us, but you do hear us. And we come to you, Father. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we wrestle, we're not tapping out. The enemy will not come in and tell us what we can or cannot do, Father. I'm going to pray for some people. Matter of fact, I want everybody looking up. I want everyone looking. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Because you know what the enemy is saying? The enemy's like, man, this ain't going to make no difference. You're going to be in the same old situation again and again and again. Like I said, he probably told Moses that all the time. If you're wrestling with something, if you're wrestling with something, this is not about having, if you're wrestling with something, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're wrestling with something. Yeah, I don't know, hold them up high so the enemy can see these hands. Matter of fact, we're going to show the enemy a little more. If you're wrestling with something, I want you to stand up. Stand up if you're wrestling with something. Stand up. Stand up. Because you know what, enemy? Because we're wrestling, that doesn't mean we tapped out or anything. One more thing. If you're wrestling with something and you're like, God, I, don't, I can't figure it out. I don't quite understand it, but I'm going to continue to fight the good fight of faith. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to come down to this altar and we're going to pray over you. You ready? One, two, three. Come down to this altar and we can pray for you. Praise God. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.